When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of expert information and real chats on all things pregnancy, birth and beyond. Remember, as a podcast listener, you can get 15% off all my online courses at midwifepip.com using the code PODCAST15. One in four women give birth in the UK by a cesarean section, which means we are doing a huge injustice to 25% of the motherhood population if we do not discuss this mode of birth. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while now, You know, I believe passionately that all births should and can be a positive experience. And cesarean birth is no exception. But to make this happen, we need to take the blindfold off and open our eyes to what it can be like. Challenge practice where necessary and look at how a traditionally medical and operative birth can be an individualized and empowering experience. This week's guest is a mum, Georgia, who has recently given birth to her second baby by a cesarean section that she chose as her mode of birth. Georgia sent me a gorgeous video capturing the moment her little girl Luna was born by a cesarean that honestly gave me goosebumps. So many of her important birth preferences were incorporated into the experience. And Georgia has kindly come on this week to discuss her beautiful planned cesarean birth. Now, please note, this episode may have some information that's triggering to some women. Georgia did experience postnatal depression and some depressive thoughts with her previous child that we may talk about in this episode. So please be aware of that. And if it does trigger you, Please know there is lots of help and support to anyone who may be experiencing postnatal depression or have any depression symptoms or feelings. So welcome, Georgia, and thank you so much for joining me, navigating family life on this Friday evening to chat about your beautiful experience. 
Thank you for having me. What an honor for me as well. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Very excited. Now, when you sent me the video, Georgia, I was honestly like, oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> and this is what I want all cesareans to be like. And especially when we think about planned cesareans, there's kind of no excuse because we've got all the time in the world. We're not rushing around because there's any concern about mum or baby. So I think it provides a really beautiful, unique opportunity. And I think Plan cesareans is an avenue in which we can really start to pave change for all cesarean birth. And I think the easiest route into that is starting with these planned cesareans where we can put things in place, you know, weeks sometimes um, before it actually takes place. I really like the term as well that you used as well, the gentle. I, look, I, I don't know if some women have seen it, what we mm. call gentle C-section, or sometimes you can even achieve a maternal assisted C-section. This is something definitely, if women are want to go through that uh, option, that's something that they really need to look into it and discuss that with their consultant and midwives. Uh, obviously, sometimes for medical reasons or for any other reasons that might not be possible, sorry, and that is okay. But if you can do it, please go for it. It will honestly, honestly be a life changer of like the outcome, the birth, how you're feeling. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's an amazing, honestly, I could talk about that. That birth for me was fantastic, honestly. Oh, and I'm gonna pick your brains entirely, Georgia, because there's definitely things from your birth that I know women listening can take away and incorporate into theirs, so, which, so. which would be so, so powerful. Now, but can I take you back a few steps? Tell me, Georgia, why you chose a cesarean birth, didn't you, with Luna? Why was that? And was it a difficult decision to make when you were thinking about your options? Of course. So that might be a little bit of a tricky warning to give a little bit of a backstory. Uh, as you mentioned, with my first um, birth, uh, I did suffer from postnatal depression and anxiety. I was looked after the perinatal team who were fantastic. And I'm very, very grateful for the support that I received. Um, going through my second pregnancy, um, physiologically was a textbook pregnancy, what we call. And um, had a little bit of nausea everything was absolutely fine afterwards um it was a very nice pregnancy i felt really really lucky however when the second trimester kicked in i started having real real horrible dreams and when i say nightmares like horrible nightmares that mm. something would happen to my baby and really intrusive thoughts and it's okay, but do get help if those things happen to you. It's really important to speak to your midwife about them, to your support system, because I think that will help you with your birth and coming up with the best birth plan that you can have. And this is what I did because of what happened to me previously, I think in a way kind of helped me. Mm. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail about those thoughts um, uh, and I don't want to scare any, anybody but if you do experience anything like that I want you to know that you're not alone mm. get help um, and that's such an important message actually Georgia because when you have got those thoughts and it's not something that's talked about because women are so scared about that social stigma that's attached to them and whether that's going to mean you know people are going to judge them as a bad mother and all of these horrible horrible things that come to mind so you silence it and you keep it wrapped up inside and then all it does is get worse so that seeking of support with all mental health is of paramount importance so i, I love that you've emphasized that 
it's like um, getting help when you struggle with mental health, any kind of mental health is the bravest thing that you can do, honestly. Mm. And um, yeah, don't feel weak. Don't feel that you're alone, please. You're not alone. This, you're not about mom. It doesn't mean that you're not gonna love your baby, I promise, but please do get help and support. Um, but um, so yeah, when, when these thoughts and nightmares happened, I spoke to my midwife about it and um, she asked me if I would like to be referred back to the perinatal team, which I said, yes. So I met again the perinatal team and uh, we started having um, bi-weekly meetings, sessions over Zoom. And she also suggested to meet with, um, uh, what's it called, Beth Reflections, mm. I think. Depending on where you are, I think it might have a different name. But basically what it is, is that you can go back to the hospital where you've given birth and you can talk to the midwife who's running it and you can have a look at your report. And if something went wrong, you can find out what, why did it happen? Why did they suggest X, Y, Z or what you could prevent in your next birth? So this is what I did. And um, with my first birth, I didn't get to have skin to skin. Mm. I didn't get that first golden hour. And my baby had to rust into Nico. I had to be rusted in theater. I'm sorry. No, it's um, fine, Georgia. It's scary, scary times, isn't it? Really scary when that's your circumstance. Everything was absolutely fine. I'm blessed to have a very healthy three-year-old. But when it happens there and then, it's scary. Yeah, so traumatic. It can be, yes. And... By all means, my baby didn't have to stay in Nikwa. I know some parents have to stay months and I have, you know, so much respect for them and love. So, but, you know, for me at that time, it was really, really scary because I didn't know what was going on. I had no clue. Nobody had prepared me for that. Mm. And nobody explained me what happened. So um, we talked about this and she did say, as well, I don't understand why you didn't get to have skin to skin with your baby. There was nothing wrong, you know. Mm. You could have had the skin to skin and then be whisked away <laughs> to yeah. get, you know, treated because I ended up having a third degree tear, you know. So she was like to me, how can we make the next birth a positive one for you? So she suggested to do a course, an antenatal course, that it would combine hypnobirthing part and the informative part because I told her I like being informed now yes. some people ignorance is please if that's for you fair enough it's not for me because it will make my anxiety go more mm. so she was like I highly suggest you to combine both of them and you know carry on doing what what makes you happy like exercise yoga all these things and she was like, let's write a birthing plan of what would you like to do? And I said to her, number one is skin to skin. I want to see my baby. I want to hold my baby. Mm. That's the most important thing. I want to do delayed cord clamping if that's possible. I want to have um, my music. If I do have a vaginal birth, could I use the pool? I don't care about what kind of pain relief I use because I kind of know now from the first birth what suits me what I would like you know and if I have a c-section I want to have a gentle c-section that was my thing and I, 
then I told her, I don't want to be induced. Mm -hmm. I don't want it. Again, I don't want to scare anyone because there can be so many positive induction stories and do read them because I know that thing really, really scares mom, especially Mm. first time moms. But it was not for me. I didn't want to go through it again. I've been through it again once and I didn't like it. So yes, it could have been a, a positive one, but who is it to tell? And I think for you at that point, the balance of of risking a birth that wasn't going to be completely positive and your mental health, the sway was really in that that birth, wasn't it? You know, and it might have been that, you know, if there was some extra counselling or some extra steps, then you felt that that perhaps it would have been a different option. Um, But I think for you at that point, your mental health sounds like that was the the priority in in preserving. And there's nothing wrong with it. It is that, you know, you are going to give birth. Your mental health is like really important as well, as well as your physical health. Mm. And um, so we decided that if baby wouldn't come, you know, (laughs) before the 42 weeks. Yeah. I would have a C-section. Uh, now, after talking with the consultant and everything, um, she suggested not to go over 41 weeks plus two, which is exactly the day that Luna was born. Uh, <laughs> because because she suggested that my anxiety would like get worse and my mental health, and she really didn't want that to happen. And I completely agreed with her. And uh, we were like, okay, let's see if the baby arrives. Uh, Luna didn't want to arrive. <laughs> She was the boss. I was literally doing everything that I could. You know, I was being active, um, you know, birthing ball, yoga, uh, the the tea, everything. Um, I wasn't even having any Braxton Hicks, nothing. Like, you wouldn't even tell that I was pregnant if I didn't turn around. So the day, big day arrived. And yeah, baby was born via C-section. But as you said, mental health, health fear of not being in control Mm. and not being informed that scared me and the fact that something could happen to me or my baby were some of the factors that I decided to um, choose a c-section and the fact that obviously baby didn't arrive before so um, it was a very very difficult decision because I've never had a surgery before. Mm. So I was like, oh my God, it's a, a major abdominal surgery. The recovery, what is the, what is the recovery going to be like? You know, you read about it, but what, what is actually going to be about? And the thought of that my body failed me did come through my mind, you know, like I did have a little bit of a breakdown, I think, you know, um, to my husband and saying like why does he not want to come out what am I doing wrong you know I'm not doing anything wrong I didn't do anything wrong it just happens sometimes it happens what can you do so eventually she would have to come out and she definitely can't stay in there forever definitely can't exactly and what's beautiful actually about just just listening to you talk there Georgia it sounds like your whole multidisciplinary team so your midwife the consultant obstetrician that you spoke to really did take an individualized approach to your birth and what you wanted and that is so how it should be because of course it's 
paramount of importance that we always recognize a cesarean section like you explained is major abdominal surgery it carries all those risks of surgery of recovery and of course you also had a toddler at home and so that was a big factor so it's important that you have all that information so you can make that informed choice and it sounds like that's exactly what you did so before you even had your cesarean you were completely empowered because you've been given all of that correct individualized information before you even had luna and I'm not even exaggerating. When I, when we met with a consultant, because my husband attended that meeting as well, the consultant said, you decide how you want to give birth. We are here to support the decision. Oh, I love That's that. That's how it should be. That we is how it should be. serve you. What you want, we will like do. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I always say to women in my courses, I don't mind whether you decide to give birth in the middle of the ocean or yeah. have a planned cesarean. <laughs> it does not matter. What matters is that you have the information and then you make the choice and we support whatever that looks like for you. There is no right or wrong way. There is no one better way. It's all about what's what's best for that mum and that baby. So I love that your decision to have a planned cesarean wasn't just a flippant overnight one. It really was a proper informed oh. choice. And that's important. And you know, like how we always say, after you give birth, like, oh, it takes a village to raise a kid. It takes a village in pregnancy as well. I had my village. I had my community midwife, my consultant, the midwives in the hospital, the birth reflection, the perinatal team and your course. <laughs> so you oh, all, love it. You all had, you know, your little piece of the pie, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, oh, I love that. That's so true. It does. It does take a bitch. And I think too often, and I'm pleased, of course, George, that my course was a part of that village. Um, but I think too often we, and I always compare birth to weddings because people spend a notorious amount of time planning, spending an extortion amount of money, spending years planning their wedding because they want that day to be perfect. Um, apart from me who got married like two weeks after we decided to get married. Um, <laughs> that's the way I live life. Um, and yet when it comes to birth, we just sort of think, oh, what will we will be? And that's just not good enough. That's not how it should be. Wow. So I love that you had that support network. Really, really important. And you know, like when you, when you do make that decision to go for a C-section, I was thinking of it like, imagine if you had a surgery for any other reason, you know, you would want to be informed, wouldn't you? You want to know what's happening in there. Like imagine going in and they're like, told you, okay, we're going to cut you today. Like, hey, what's good? What? Yeah, <laughs> and why, right? The what and the why and the how. Exactly. You want to be informed. And, you know, I think if I, even, even if it was an emergency C-section, you know, if you are whisked into a room and there's like eight people in there that you don't know who they are <laughs> and what their, what their role is, I'll be like, oh my God, like, who are you? Like, what are you doing here? And in your course, like, because when the consultant asked us, like, do you have any questions about C-sections? And she was like, do you want me to give you some videos? You can watch some videos and everything. I was like, I got it under control. I was like, I've done a course, <laughs> course where you've got, you know, who's going to be in the room? What are they doing? <laughs> what mm -hmm. they should tell you after? How much blood are you going to lose? What is the recovery going to look like? Uh, I, for, for me, knowledge is power, <laughs> you know? I wouldn't be able to go in if I didn't know who was and what they were doing. Yeah. I would feel completely and utterly lost. And also, I think as well, it's very important for the birth partners to know what's happening. Mm. 
yeah, yeah, birth partners are really interesting, aren't they? Because often when I speak about birth trauma, it often actually affects birth partners sometimes more than oh. the women themselves. Because as a woman going through it, you don't necessarily see what's happening. Whereas the birth partner quite often is sort of pushed into a corner because there's lots of people doing what they need to be doing. And they essentially get a bird's eye view of whatever's going on. <laughs> so for birth partners, actually, if they're not informed and not prepared, can be really, really scary and vulnerable. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And I think as well with the C-section again, because it's, it's a surgery, uh, you know, it quite it can be quite shocking for them as well if, if they don't like seeing, you know, things. <laughs> and I thought that my husband is going to be like that because um, in the first birth, he didn't re really want to see the placenta and this and that. He was a bit like squeamish. He washed the whole thing. We didn't have the drapes up. They were down the whole time and he was washing it and he saw the placenta and he was like, it was, he was like, it was fascinating. Oh, I love and, it. Um, I, I, yeah, well, and when we went in, I'm sure we will talk about it later, you know, um, they told him, like, the, the scrub nurse was like, um, hold her hand, you know, when I was getting the spinal, um, look into her eye, you know, and he was looking into my eye. He was telling me, we're going to meet our daughter now. Get ready. Are you excited? We're going to be parents again. You're going to be a mummy again. You know, um, when they set him up, they gave him the scrubs with um, buttons. So you could easily open them and do skin to skin as well oh, lovely lovely um yeah like e even in a c-section birth partners can 100% get involved yes that's such such a good message now talk to me talk to me about your birth experience because your video George which you've kindly allowed me to share and I will be sharing that before this comes out so if anyone has hasn't seen George's cesarean birth but is listening to this head over to my page so that you can see it because oh it's just just <laughs> just wonderful Talk, describe it to me in your words from from how it felt for you um it was honestly best day of my life with uh, you know, giving birth obviously to Sienna my first daughter it was amazing um as I said, I, I like being informed. I like knowing who's doing who's doing what. So as soon as we walked into the theater and, um, you know, they're getting you ready. Um, sorry, be, be, before we went into the theater, the anesthesiologist comes in and uh, confirms with you your um, birth preferences, if you have any, of course. Um, so we wanted to make sure the skin to skin was happening. The drapes were down, delayed cold clamping, music was on, dimmed lights, if possible, of course. And um, yeah, and she also asked me if I wanted a mirror, which I, I didn't know about that. And I was like, yes, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> and um, she was like, I can film it for you. I can take photos and everything, which they did. And um, she was so supportive. She was honestly amazing. And the whole team was. And um, she made us feel like really calm because she was like, um, let's make this birth a positive one for you. Let's do it. Oh, I love it. I love and, it. and what I love, Georgia, sorry, with yeah. your, your cesarean, because often it doesn't happen. It, and I, I would say more often than not at the moment. And I hope if we were to have this conversation this time next year, I'd be saying something completely different. But often when babies are born by cesarean, they have delayed cord clamping, but it's done sort of away from mum. And mm -hmm. then once the cord's cut, baby goes mm -hmm. to mum. And that's what tends to happen routinely in most places. 
Yours was different, wasn't it? Tell me what happened at yours because that was when I saw it. I was like, yes, this is what we need to make normal practice. (laughs) I hope you're enjoying listening to Georgia's wonderful experience so far. And it's inspired you to consider how you can ensure a planned or even an unplanned cesarean birth may be positive for you should it be recommended. It's also a good idea to understand a little about what happens during and after a cesarean birth so that there are no surprises. Head over to www.apticlub.co.uk forward slash midwife pip to learn more about this. So um, when you when you are, when the spinal or the epidural, depending on what they're going to give to you is done and, you know, they do the checks and everything, it's fairly quickly. I thought it was going to take a little bit longer. And um, I remember the anesthesiologist going, um, are you ready to meet your baby? And she just handed me the mirror. And I think I couldn't really tell where to, to place the mirror. And she was like, over there, over there, over there. Can you see her? Can you see her? And, it's, uh... and then she was like, there she is. She's coming. And she was like, um, mom to baby straight away, please, skin to skin. And um, you can, as well, they can help you put on your, um, oh, how's it called? Um, your like gown? Your gown, yeah. Gown. You can put it like the other way around. So it is open. So yeah. you get skin to skin straight away. And yeah, so while we were having skin to skin, baby, as if they're programmed, went into the breast straight away, like somehow. Aww. And yeah, the 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 placenta was there and we were doing delayed pull clamping. Of course you can have it. Talk to them about it. You can. Of course you can. And that's but- it. When you, when you see it, when you see how this happened for you, Georgia, it's not complicated. It's just a case of... The, the staff adjusting equipment. We get stuck in our ways. We all do it. You know, it's like when we all go to Tesco, we go to the same aisle after each other. It's the, sa- it's the same for that team. They, they're doing this day in, day out, and they've just got stuck in doing it the same way. And it's just having these conversations and saying, actually, could we do that? And it's like, exactly. oh, if we just put your gown on the other way, yeah, we can. Or what I quite often do is just mums will just have one arm in a gown yeah. so that you can just slide it. Little tiny things like that that are really not difficult no. allow you to have immediate skin to skin with your baby when they're born, which exactly. we know has incredible benefits for both of you. Exactly. And like, as you said, like have this conversation, just talk to them, honestly. There are... I, the team there was fantastic. Where I leave, the team was amazing. And I hope that will be the case for for another mom planning to do a C-section or an emergency C-section. They are so, so like, like they do that, like, they do that every day. They are like the nicest people. I do truly believe that. They are there to make your birth like the best that you can. Sometimes, obviously, I would imagine with an emergency C-section, they might want to, to make sure, obviously, you are okay. You and the baby are okay. But with a plan C-section, like, just have those conversations. Have those conversations. Mm, like, happens. it can happen. And uh, like I said, I wasn't expecting that they would dim the lights, to be honest. But they did. They did. They, they put on the music straight away and they put the um, um, the, the headphone, like, right, right next to me so I could hear it. 
so you can calm it down. They talk to you so they can, you know, they can kind of calm you down so you don't really focus and everything. Mm. They were like so funny. They were like making us laugh. They were like amazing, honestly. Like that team was fantastic. So listening to you talk, it sounds like you gave birth abdominally rather than having a surgical procedure. And that's what it should be, shouldn't it? It's, it, yeah, it was like amazing. And, and, and um, I asked if I could pull her up but um, the cord, I think, was quite um, short. short. Yeah, and that was the only thing, because I tried, and they were like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, and they just, like, brought her, like, forward to me. And uh, it, honestly, oh, I could honestly talk about her <laughs> for hours and hours and mm-hmm. hours, and I talked about it with the perinatal team when they came and visited me after I gave birth, and they were like, it honestly sounds like such a positive birth. And I think I mentioned it, on my email um after everything was done and we were waiting to for uh, a room in the ward uh they came to me and they were like mom well done you've done amazing and I felt like I didn't do anything you guys did everything they were like no you did it well done she's out she's here she's safe you're safe and they were like did you have a positive experience this time around and I was like Yes, and they were like, good, that's what we want. Mm-hmm. And those, those little things can really, really, like, make your experience, like, turn it around. If you have a supportive environment, it's important. But as I said, if you if you don't talk about it, if you're not informed, if you're not, like, I think for me, that personal is a little bit of a recipe for disaster. You know, you need to know what's happening. Be informed. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And what your choices are, right? I think often when women feel like they're having, especially cesarean, because it is more of a medicalized birth than perhaps, you know, a home birth or, or a water birth, they often feel like actually they don't have those same choices. And what you've demonstrated is that you absolutely do. Um, and it's important that we discuss them. And, and Talk to me a little bit more, George, if you don't mind, about that environment, because I feel like the environment that you created is probably the environment that every woman imagines after they pee on a stick and find out they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like you created that, albeit in a theatre setting. Um, so um, I didn't, I, I live in Nottingham and we have two hospitals here, uh, QMC, which is like the main one, and City Hospital. Uh, I gave birth the first time around in QMC. The reason why I'm saying is that um, if you can, wherever you're based, try and see if you can have like a virtual tour or a tour of the theater or the rooms. Mm. And I think that's really important because the theater in QMC, it's quite clinical. It's just a plain white room. And I think that can be a little bit scary for some. The uh, theater um, in City Hospital, where I gave birth this time around, was a lovely little yellow room with a little painted stork <laughs> and a baby. Ah, oh, nice. It was lovely. And they had a big white board and they would write the mum's name and they would say, Mummy, Georgia, Daddy, Stan. And um, that's from the scrub nurse. And she would like write down like little, like positive, like little 
notes before she was going to write all the data and I think it's just like those little things you know like setting up the environment because you know like as you said when you have a home birth or a water birth you can have your twinkle lights and dim lights and um, your essential oils or whatever like calms you down um, and yes we had the music as I mentioned straight away playing and the team really appreciates a playlist played that told me the like when there is music because it also keeps them calm we love music it's yeah. brilliant everyone yeah. has a little dance and they're all it's just nice. relaxed yeah. and it's like a little baby party we love it it's nice yeah isn't it and uh, <laughs> and um the the lights could be dimmed as i said um they only have a big i don't know how you call it a big light you know just yeah, there's like an operative light so obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. you want the surgeon to see what they're doing um, <laughs> we, don't, we don't want them doing surgery we totally understand that um, yes. but the great thing about that operative light is it really is shining on mum's abdomen so if yes. you're looking up at the ceiling like you often are yes. in the theatre bed you don't see that yes. um so so it's really nice that doesn't actually impact you it doesn't doesn't affect your environment so it's lovely when you can have the main lights all dimmed exactly. or lots of Lots of theatres are happy for you to have a mood light. So it might be already in there um, or it might be that it moves in from a room. And that, again, just gives you another little focal point or something a bit different. Just just whatever it works for you, really, isn't it? And that's why it is important to have a little bit of birth preferences, I think, just to make you feel comfortable. Mm. Um, And um, we we wanted the drapes down. We didn't want. so, So imagine if I was lying down like this, you know, the drapes were literally just here yeah Uh, so you could see over everything yeah you could see everything but of course if somebody doesn't really like to see something they can just request the the drapes up and maybe down when the baby's born um so yeah we wanted the 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 drapes were down and i mean when you're lying down you can't really see anything as a mom but your birth partner can if they want to like see what's what's going on if they find it fascinating or you know they just want to see the baby being born (laughs) it's some it's an amazing thing and um yeah and just the skin to skin as i said was really 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 Mm. important for both of us for both of us I think that was definitely when I saw your video, I was I was literally cheerleading. I was like, yes, this is what I want to see. This is what I want to see. And like I said, Georgia, I really hope that if we were to have this conversation this time next year, this would be sort of fairly normal practice, especially for a plan to dome when there is no concern about mum or baby at the time. Um, so I, I love that. And I'm so grateful that you have been so open with sharing that because I really think we need to talk about it more. Because when I was uh, when I made the decision that it is going to be a C-section, I started talking to some of my friends who have been through a C-section as well um, to kind of like see what to expect, you mm-hmm. know. But um, and I was also trying to find any videos to watch, like a gentle C-section, and I couldn't find that many. And then I can't remember where I saw some, but I saw one that it was called a maternal assisted C-section, and I was like why are we not aware of that why is that not more widespread mm. you know where are the positive stories about a c-section and all those beautiful videos and photos mm. and that's what i want i want like you can have a really really positive c- c-section if you like want to if you can you know if there is no medical like any concerns of course and everything because that's important your health and the health of a baby is important but if you do choose to go for it you can have an absolutely fantastic birth 
Well, I mean, for me, all births, like you said, all births are beautiful. I love them. I love reading birth stories and watching birth videos. So all births are beautiful. And C-section shouldn't be an exception. Mm. And do you mind me asking, Georgia, compared to your postnatal experience last time, where you obviously suffered birth trauma and consequently postnatal depression, how was it this time with Luna having gone into that postpartum period actually with a positive birth as opposed to a negative experience? Uh, wow, day night. Mm, <laughs> there, are there are different kind of tears. There are happy tears now. When I look back to that, there were unfortunately sad tears back then. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm very grateful. I have a beautiful little girl, two beautiful little girls. Uh, but it, it, I, I don't even have the right words to tell you how much it can impact your mental health, having these positive births, but also getting, you know, when, when people say that golden hour, it is true. If you don't have it, I think it can really, really impact you. If you don't get to hold your baby straight away, can you imagine that? can you imagine that like not being able to hold your baby I don't wish that to anybody for any reasons unless it's like a real life matter of you know mm. like urgency you know uh, yeah it's it's awful it's awful and um yeah so when we when we got that golden hour I think I told you in the email as well I'm a person that I don't like taking baths I don't like like anything that will make you feel like really calm like even with a massage I'm still quite tense I'm like a tense person but when I was having that golden hour with Luna and she was feeding I turned around to my husband and I said I don't think I've ever been more relaxed in my life and I've just oh. had an abdominal surgery and he was like yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you that relaxed in your life uh, oh that's so fantastic like, you were about to fall asleep and I was like I am on cloud nine I honestly felt high and I was high on oxytocin oxytocin yeah all of that love and it's true isn't it you know those experiences through labor and birth really do set the building blocks for the postpartum and and that's another reason why that investing in yourself and investing in you and your baby's birth preparation and having these discussions and really considering your preferences it's just so important to not just your birth but it shapes you forever no one forgets their birth today. no one forgets it it needs to be an experience that we treasure so yeah i'm so pleased that you've done that i'm so so pleased <laughs> now i wonder georgia if you could just share with me three top tips to an expectant mum who might be listening to us chat this evening who is planning a cesarean birth uh, I would definitely, definitely say do the research, be informed, know what's happening. As we said, it's an abdominal surgery. Like, make sure you know what is happening there and what is going to happen in recovery. Um, talk about your birth preferences, whatever you want to happen, music, whatever, drapes, delay call clapping, what, whatever you want to achieve, make sure you really, really talk about it with your consultant, midwives, whoever is involved in during your pregnancy. And <laughs> another one for C-section, I would say, because of recovery, I would say make sure to take it easy, especially the first few weeks. Mm. Um don't try to be a super superhero, you know, you're recovering and that's okay. You know, 
and have your meals ready. <laughs> and if oh, you have always any, have food. And if you have any toddlers or any older children, make sure they're being looking after, you know, until you get into that little routine. But yeah, do your research, talk about your birth preferences and know what's happening in recovery meals and everything or um have them sorted and any childcare and uh, the day and one one extra the day before have a nice nice lovely dinner date with your partner relax because you're going to be a mom <laughs> <laughs> and then the chaos begins and then that's nowhere. it and then the <laughs> deprivation begins and that's a whole new whole new chapter <laughs> Isn't it just, I'm just waiting for that to end. I'm not sure when it ever ends. People tell me maybe when they're like 30. So a little, little bit longer. When they're, where, yes, when he's, when film is going to be time to go to uni or something, that's yeah. when it happens. Yeah. Oh. oh, Georgia, you're an absolute star. Thank you so Thank much you. for sharing such a personal experience. And to anyone listening who hasn't checked out Georgia's video, you've just got to because it's amazing. Um, so please do that. And if, you, if you're scanning for it through my Instagram and you can't find it, drop me a DM and I'll link it for you as well. Big, big love, Georgia. Thank you for coming Thank on you. and chatting. Thank you as well. If you've enjoyed this chat and want to hear more on this topic, head over to midwifepip.com where you'll find my accompanying blog post with highlights, my thoughts, extra information and additional resources. And remember, Leaving a review on my podcast, if you've enjoyed listening, really does make a huge difference to helping me reach more women with honest, reliable information. So please take a moment to do this because when women support women, amazing things happen. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.